then clap sync. Three, two, one. Nice. And Eerie Games Month continues. Onwards yeah. and upwards. And did wait, was that a rebranding that was Eerie Games Month, right? I mean, that's kind of how yeah. I always like pictured this month would go. I mean, like Phasmophobia was definitely trying to be more in the scary games part of the vein, but I feel like our niche in at least in our friend group is like we're more into the eerie games. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure it's not, not horror games, not scary games, not terror games. Eerie games. <laughs> Good God. Not even spooky. I, I feel mean, like... like, I guess spooky in some sense of the word, but it's just, you know, games that give you a weird feeling, a weird, like, slight goosebumpy feeling as you play them. But not an overall heart rate shoots up and gives you a heart attack at the young age of 26. Sort of scary. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I think actually, like, so I see the premise of what you're going for. And I think it makes sense, but I do think that's what flirts us with scary games just constantly. Because, like, I felt like we almost never actually executed on the dream of spooky games month, which was, like, spooky to me is, like, campy. It's, like, drawn on a cartoon. It's like the it's like the cartoon from uh, Edith Finch, right? Where, like, one of the... Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, the like, comic? she dies. Of the, yeah, the comic. It's like that. It's, like, it's scary, in concept but it's you know it's jack-o'-lanterns and you're you know drawing it's like yeah yeah like camp halloween Ooh, <laughs> right Spooky. so like that i feel like could also in premise be something we could try to pull it's just funny because whenever we do eerie it's always like like you know you're describing it as like that tension it's like for me it's like that tension like and then i'm always like looking walk. at the game like are you gonna fuck <clears throat> me you built the tension <laughs> like your walk <laughs> <laughs> Like Yearwalk or, I mean, dude, even parts of this game. Uh, like, <laughs> there were a couple parts of this game where I was like, fuck. Like, <laughs> all right, Raphael, there's this game called Yearwalk. Do you know about it? Nope. This is the first time I'm hearing about it. It's, uh, it's a scary game. It's wow. an eerie game. <laughs> were there any I jump screamed, okay. I, I, I guess there, there are jump scares in that game, sure. But it, it's based off of, like, uh, Swedish folklore so like you know taking uh folk tales but kind of making them a little bit weird because like Swedish folklore is like all sorts of like messed up because it's always about like dead babies and like drowning kids and I don't know like it's like you know when you look back at English nursery rhymes and you actually read the lyrics of them and you're like that's kind of fucked up yeah that's Swedish folklore exactly and like I mean and Hans Christian Andersen and all that shit yeah it's a short game it's only like three hours to play all the way through it's like kind of a logic-y puzzle game highly recommend james and, might yeah. say otherwise but <laughs> we'll cut his mic but I like screamed okay <laughs> <laughs> and if we're giving advice for that game bring a journal write things down yeah bring oh, a yeah. physical journal yeah. journal <laughs> there you go mm-hmm. uh yeah but anyway, we but did not. But it is not... cool to learn about <laughs> Swedish folklore. Sorry. That's Sorry yeah. That, that's the cool. That is the cool part about it is that there's like a lot of informative aspects of it. Um, yeah. But yeah, we did not do a uh, replay of Year Walk for this week's episode. However, um, true. We instead 
as our group of four, we played a game called Observation, which yeah. is a sci-fi thriller, I would probably describe it as. Uh, came out last and year. And winner of the British Game Award, <laughs> which is an award for being a British game. Exactly. The Brits are like, yeah, you're British. Uh, and I mean, they got an award. I feel that. <clears throat> a little bit of like totally, you know, harmless nationalism, I feel like, you know. Hey, we made this and it was awesome. <laughs> Not bad. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. I mean, isn't that like what the Oscars always are? I mean, with the exception of this past year, but usually the Oscars are like, okay, all these other films, we'll put them in the foreign film category. But <laughs> the most part, we'll have this like, <laughs> yay, English movies. <laughs> but at least, yeah. yeah, but at least they like called it like it is. Like, yo, this is the British award. It's not just like, yo, this yeah. is the traditional award and like asterisk, it's only for British people. Like, you know, it wasn't like that. <laughs> true. <laughs> Very yeah. true. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, uh, and so when we were talking about eerie games, this was one that actually came up on my radar. It's been on my radar for this past year. Yeah. Um, and the trailer looked really uh, intriguing. And also just kind of, I don't know, there are some elements of sci-fi space narratives that just seem eerie to me, mainly because like I have like a perpetual fear of black holes. Like I think about the concept of a black hole and I immediately just get like the cold sweats and then I like have to curl up in a ball being like, oh no. <laughs> but, um, it's but, coming for me slowly. <laughs> otherwise, I find uh, space fascinating. And oh, I always like uh, the movie you know, that stories came out? with space. The guy uh, like with Interstellar. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We could just guess that, that, that with movie. no fucking... The movie <clears throat> that came out, Interstellar. Yeah. yeah. I mean, with, with black holes in it that actually, like, was the first time anybody had simulated a black hole uh, using the, um, the graphics power of Hollywood. Yeah. Um, and so it actually like contributed to science. Right. I found that, that movie. movie to be fascinating. Like, so like stuff like Interstellar, like that's my jam. Like I love that stuff. The concept of space, the idea of space. I just, I'm fascinated by it. And also that's why Raphael is here with us again this week. Cause Raphael <laughs> also likes space. Wouldn't you yeah, agree, Raphael? I was, I was like, I, I heard, I heard there was going to be some space. Am I invited? <laughs> <laughs> If I show up. Am I invited? Me? Nudge, nudge. <laughs> I, I was gonna say, if any like, of you, yeah. have, if any of you have ever played Portal Two, Raphael is that like core that just constantly space, says space, like space, 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 space. space, 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 space. Want to go to space? <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Is it one of those situations where like you have like a deep like sadness within you that you can't fill because you realize that you probably won't? go to space like if you had been you know 100 200 years from now maybe that but is you're born in the wrong definitely time definitely like, a thing yeah oh god I'm i mean so i think sorry. i told you about one time when i was like oh i realized i'm never gonna go to mars and that made oh. me so sad even though it was like does anybody really get to go to mars like is that even a thing <laughs> no, but like no. this moment where i was like oh i'm not gonna go to mars and i'm just sad oh no <laughs> dude that is sad do you think <clears throat> yeah why so mars specifically is that like the fascinating like you know moons are no right, it right? was just like i don't know that's just sort of the the next step you know yeah 
I mean, you mm. do hear, though, how they're going to, like, do luxury trips to the moon, possibly. Mm. <laughs> you know, for the low sum of uh, $500,000, you do <laughs> could go to the moon. <laughs> I know, it just, it's just... In, it's what, like 10 I, years or something? It's yeah, I think it's, it's something like, like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's just, like, I don't know. Like, maybe I'm just the wrong type for that cell. But, like, I don't want to pay $500,000 for the chance to die. <laughs> just, like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Just, like, blow up on launch. Like, I don't think I want that, really. <laughs> I don't know about you guys. Maybe I think that's why different. it's taking forever because they need to have a reasonable success rate with essentially amateur, yeah, pi- like, amateurs going into space. It's one thing to send, mm. you know, actual astronauts who have studied their entire lives into space let alone somebody who's just like hey honey you want to go to the moon this summer yeah exactly oh my god that's do you think they would just like have like a really like bizarre line like hey uh we have a great success rate but you need to wire us the money first just in case because like (laughs) we've had issues in the past i mean we can never find your passwords and just like we felt really gypped so i mean yeah there's there's totally going to be like a what do you call it like a contract that you sign where you're like okay any any like mishap on this is uh like they're not liable for it i'm yeah i'm 100 percent sure that that would be a part of it those mm. contracts are always yeah. hilarious to me because like sometimes they hold up and sometimes they don't hold up and you yeah. don't really get to decide when you sign them and mostly they do hold up but sometimes they don't but sometimes you look at them like i don't think you can just say this I don't think you can just say like <laughs> me getting on this ride in an amusement park like is a hundred percent on me. Can you? Like <laughs> like I don't know. Probably not. Oh god. We talked about this the other day, but dude, Jesus Christ. Like theme parks only scare me like with every extra day that I live. Because that's an extra <clears throat> day that that machine has just sat there weathering. Like don't you think someday there's going to be a bolt somewhere? Anyways, all right, cool. So these. I mean, are you fears. talking about like, like state fairs that like where they dismantle and put up rides like constantly every single time? Because those rides scare me. Oh. Hmm. <laughs> Actual yeah. amusement park rides not so much because they actually have like timely maintenance checkups like constantly. Yeah, but I mean like, now. <laughs> how much can you timely <laughs> check up like? Like if I, okay, cause like, okay, I, I get it. It's, this is the difference between me when I was a kid and me as an adult, right? Me as a kid was like, they've got an expert and an expert's going to go into this thing and figure out what's going to go wrong and they're going to make sure it's safe. And then as an adult, I'm like, that's a fucking dude. And I could have been that dude <laughs> and I don't feel qualified. <laughs> like, and then, <laughs> and, but you know what I mean? It's like, dude, like yeah. there's like a fucking, uh, a roller coaster and it's made entirely of wood. It's been sitting out in the sun for five years. And you're like, that dude checked every beam, did he? Like, I don't think so. <laughs> How does he even do that? Um, <laughs> so, you know, I'm just saying, I think, you know, if there's anything that we've learned in the modern day is that people should get together and just share fear with each other. <laughs> just <spread it> around. <laughs> right. Oh God. And we did share some fear together. When we played this game, observation. Nice segue. Wow, we got back there. Yeah. Oh. So I actually heard a lot about this game before we played it, but I didn't realize that it was this game that they were talking about. Um, because there's a lot of games kind of like Observer, Observation, 
it's these sorts of concepts. And I had heard it on a podcast and they were talking a lot about it. And because I hadn't seen it visually, like normally I'll look up what the game is. So I have like some sort of reference visually and it like helps to tie it in. But at this particular game, I must've been out doing something else or, or who knows. And so I never looked it up and I thought it was like, I thought it was like a 2D like, like terminal game. Like I thought it was like something Adam would make us play back in the day. And so then, like, I had all this fucking information about this dude's thoughts on this game, but it wasn't until the very end that I was like, oh, that was what he's talking about. Because he was like, yeah, you're on this ship, man, and it's like, you know, shit goes really wrong, and then you're, like, the AI. It's like, they switch the tables, man. You're the AI, and you're trying to help the human, like, get out and, like, stay alive. And the whole time, I'm like, wow, this that sounds so much like this game I just played. <laughs> this is really, truly uncanny. Um, and it totally was. But that one's a text adventure or some shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I guess we should say, okay, this is true with all of our podcasts. and But we're going to talk spoilers. And I would say that we're going to talk spoilers, which is obviously true. I mean, we – I say that in, in particular for this game because a lot of the messaging and a lot of the trailers – kind of hints at maybe the first concept of this game, which is that maybe the AI is evil or rogue or something. And it goes way past that. Um, and in some ways almost abandons it, not quite. But like, you know, you think maybe you killed everyone and like you're fucking evil and you're going to turn and you're going to turn <clears> more. And and like, it kind of goes past that. So we're definitely going to get into that. But I do think like now looking at the messaging that they put out, at the beginning, like I realize how much they kind of harped on the first little narrative part of this game, like, and then they kind of wanted you to just take the ride for the rest. Um. Mm. Right. Yeah. Because this game starts out with you as the player are playing this AI called Sam. Uh, it stands for something, but it's Sam for short. That's the acronym uh, for the operating system that you inhabit. Um, and all you know going into the game is that there's some sort of accident that has happened on this space station, and all of the crew is separated from one another. No one knows where anyone is, but you as the operating system are with one of the survivors, Emma, who... And, and your job, at least initially, is to kind of help Emma realize what is going on and help her through this catastrophe in space. That is like the very watered down version of how you start out this game. Um, so that's kind of how I always thought this game was going to be is just like, oh, it's just going to have that terrifying aspect of, you know, limited oxygen supply. You're in space where like the slightest like untethered motion in space leaves you leaves you like hurtling towards infinity like <laughs> i thought it, i thought it was going to be something terrifying in that regard but the game offered a lot more but i'm like curious what other people's impressions were upon first starting the game cuz i think the game does a very good job at subverting expectations on where they're going uh but I'm just curious what everyone else's thoughts are, like their impressions were. Yeah, uh, I guess I'll go. Um, <clears throat> I was definitely kind of in the um, the camp of like, okay, which which of the stories that I've heard before is this one going to be? Um, like, is it going to be the one where 
you play as the the AI that watches like the human go uh, decide that you are evil, and so you have to like defend yourself and kill the human. Uh, which I mean, you, we haven't necessarily seen specifically that angle, but like that story's been told. Um, or I've seen the human are side you... of that angle a million times. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Um, or are we going to see the, um, like as the AI, like be forced to do crazy evil shit, um, and like just terrorize the humans, um, or are we going to be the passive observer of like gravity, the movie, uh, or something like that, like space disaster. Or alien, I suppose, but yeah. I feel like, James, it does kind of end in what some people might view as, like, sort of, a, not a cliche, but, like, a common story of, like, the, you know, many different versions of yourself or many different versions of the universe or time, you know, stuff. But I kind of feel like this game, at least for me, did, like, a pretty darn good job of, like, doing kind of its own thing um, pretty much throughout the entire game. Like, I, I was, when I saw the ending, I personally was excited and interested in it, but I was like, oh God, I wonder if people are like, I've seen this one before. But to me, I was like, you know, this, it feels like they kind of earned this. Like, I feel like they put a lot of work into making this make sense. And I was like, definitely interested in where this was going, like the whole time. Um, did you, how do you, yeah. feel about, did you, what do you think about oh, that, James, in terms of the me, ending? Me too. Like, I think that, that pretty quickly, my initial impression of like which story is this going to be was kind of removed because they made choices that I hadn't really seen before. And then like weird hexagons showed up and I was like, whoa, this is not <laughs> what I was expecting at all. You were like, I, uh, box in box. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, so what they did is definitely a trope as well. It's not as common, but it's yeah the the unknowable alien basically is the trope right um where it's just like an alien that is so different from us that like you can't really understand what it's trying to do and it kind of behaves as this omnipotent entity that's just like showing up and doing something and then you're like okay what do i do with this right right cower in fear and it it like <laughs> it does those like <clears throat> uh sci-fi movie bwongs um yeah <laughs> true um but on, on on the topic of zoe's question like i don't think i had a lot of expectations going into this i was sort of like it's space it's got a, like this glitchy vibe which looks cool it's got puzzles that's kind of all i really need and then i was just like along for the ride um and they definitely did do some interesting things with the setting, for sure. Um, I think a little bit counter to McCoy's experience, I felt like it fell apart at the end rather than becoming more interesting. I really liked the like setup early on um, and the just like air of mystery that they managed to build up around it um, and tying in like real world stuff like the hexagonal polar storm on Saturn was a really neat touch um yeah and i feel like as it tried to like unveil the mystery like the setting stopped making sense 
um, it just revealed a bunch of inconsistencies in how things were put together. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I uh, <clears throat> I had a similar reaction. I my my interpretation was um, that at some point in the development cycle of the game, they realized that what they had wasn't going to work and the writers had to scramble to figure out how to pull all of the pieces together in a different way. And they came up with the ending. And in that, in that interpretation, I was like, Oh, they did a pretty good job. <laughs> but that yeah, was, that was my fair. interpretation of the ending. Um, <clears throat> that is like the, like I did the most awesome backhanded yeah. compliment of all time. <laughs> <laughs> <Jesus> <laughs> that seems very I mean, plausible. Like, the thing is that, that with game development, like from my understanding of it, like there's always shit that goes wrong. And just like how you roll with the punches is basically how, how good the game is going to come out and like how you're able to like be like, all right, we literally cannot solve this problem. So we have to do something else, but we already have all of the voice shit recorded. So we can't change any of that. And a lot of the, uh, like, because we don't have any budget and all of the voice actors are on to doing something else. And, like, a lot of the, like, um, I don't know, a lot of the gameplay is already set up. So we have to, like, move things around in the story. Um, and, like, that sounds, like, so impossible to me to, like, end up with any sort of finished product that makes sense. And I was like... That, like while it struck me of doing that, I still enjoyed the experience and the ending. I was just like a little bit thrown by what was going on and like, holy shit, that doesn't make any sense to me. Like, what is going on? This is cool. This will um, be interesting but... to talk about. Yeah, because I've I actually I I really like the ending to this game. Uh, granted, it is with further introspection and further thought rather than like my first impressions upon completing the game like immediately thereafter. Um, I really had to sit and digest this game and try to figure out like what exactly were the signs that this could have happened. You know, was it, you know, kind of like what Raphael was saying, like, was it something where it's like they just kind of like needed to put together a resolution and maybe fell flat? Or were there actually hints towards you know, what the conclusion to this game is going to be. And I fell into that latter camp, but there's actually a lot of foreshadowing as to what is about to happen in this game that are sprinkled uh, throughout the main part of the game. Um, but I guess, like, maybe let's touch on a little bit. Now, maybe you guys can't really talk much about it because we played this game, me playing, whereas the rest of uh, the group here, McCoy, James, and Raphael, watched me play uh, on a stream. And so, like, let's, I guess, briefly touch on gameplay just a little bit. Um, how did you guys like the concept, like, the the UI that they had, um, as well as just, you know, the, the tasks that you as Sam had to complete, at least at the initial beginning of the game, where it's kind of starting out as this disaster game where, you know, you're you're looking at alerts, you have to remediate the alerts. Uh, you need to find people. You need to open airlocks and figure out the logic puzzles to open the airlocks. Like, what were your thoughts on those? Because, like, 
I guess I can kind of start like this game echoed a lot of like what the beginning phrase of the vanishing of Ethan Carter does where it's like this is a game that would won't hold your hand and like that's kind of like how this game approaches its puzzles where it's just like gonna give you this ui and it's gonna probably make no sense but you have to kind of play around with the ui components uh to maybe complete a task whether it's you know like equalizing some plasma i don't know what that one area was with like the ring that you had to like oh, push yeah, plasma into or whatnot aligning um, the magnetic fields around a fusion reactor containment there we go yeah. Raphael with the clutch <clears throat> <laughs> but uh but yeah like so th- it always like presents you with that kind of interface that at first doesn't make sense but you have to kind of tinker around with it a little bit to maybe figure out what exactly it's trying to ask you to do um, and what what are what are your guys' thoughts on that and how they approach that? I mean, I would just say like I think if you look at this game and you think in the grand scheme of games and we're all trying to figure out there's like a line somewhere or like perhaps a perfect corridor between holding your hand too much and holding your hand too little. And maybe it is a personal thing too. Like it's possible that some people are more excited to have a game. Uh, just tell them where to go and be done with it like you know there are plenty of games that do this in really elegant ways like goes Tsushima like lets the wind guide you literally um and then there's like the other mm-hmm. side right which I mean always people always talk about mist or whatever but there's all sorts of games where it's just like so fucking dense um but people enjoy that too so I don't know if there's a right answer but to me at least from my own personal perspective I think this game is a really good example of it's close to the line but it is a little bit towards more towards than I would like the side of it's getting in its own way um, with some of this stuff. Um, when it comes specifically to the UI and stuff and like all those like weird puzzles and stuff, I actually thought all that was pretty darn cool. Um, but it's it felt like there was a little bit of confusion just constantly there with us, all four of us, trying to figure out some of the UI and maybe it's like, not the UI in the game, but like the UI of the game. Like, which room am I supposed to go to? What's communications? And like that just being something that was just never solved by the map, like was yeah. just something that I think held us back. And I, 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 I want to tie it to something they were talking about earlier, which is just, I think all of us in our own way described this as a ride. And I think it is a ride. Like, and it's cool in that way for that, in the sense of like, it <clears> takes <throat> you places and you sit back and it's, almost movie-like in some ways, but you get to interact with it and you get to solve some puzzles uh, and feel the tension and the pacing. But there's definitely like a path that they want you to go down. And that path is exciting and interesting and compelling. So when you compare those two concepts, I really think there are parts of this game that like take away from that ride. Like not enough for me to not enjoy it, not even close, but you can just feel it. Like when we were lost for a couple times for like 30 minutes, you could just feel like the ride is suffering a little bit because of this. Yeah. I think the key point where it it had some struggles, or actually there are two key points. One is like the sort of having to pan the camera all over to find the things that you can interact with. I think that's really where we got stuck a couple of times was we just didn't realize like that particular section of wall was something that you need to interact with and you just need to switch that on and then everything like starts working the way you're expecting. Yeah, yeah. Um, totally agree. 
And so like they could have done a lot to improve that by like maybe highlighting the interactables a little bit more. Um so the way Give it you works like Witcher vision. <clears throat> yeah, I mean the the way it works is like if you hover over it with the cursor, then there's like a little box around it indicating that like you might be able to interact with it. Um but like that kind of puts you in the position of like, okay, the optimal way to play this is to like scan through the entire visual field until you find those boxes. And and that being said, like being the person who's playing this, because you're playing this uh this AI, um, you do have this kind of like, you know, event horizon green line in your vision because you, you are essentially looking through a screen. Uh and that event horizon is like uh green. And the, but then the boxes that highlight objects are also green. So for me, what I often found was like there would be an interactable item, but it kind of just blended into what the AI interface is supposed to look like as Sam. That was my issue. And the camera's mainly. glitching too. And like on top of that, there's cool effects. and Right. Yeah. But it's interesting because I, I think if we were to follow this, I all the way like, okay, so they highlight all the objects in the game. I actually worry that might be too far on the other side now. To like, yeah, you could definitely mess it up. Uh, or even just in the sense of now it's really straightforward. Like it's going to everything. Cause, because at the end of the day, essentially everything you can interact with is something you should and will interact with. I don't think there's a single thing that isn't, even if it's just lore or story or whatever. Um, but everything you can, you should. And so finding it is is vastly different than highlighting everything because then it's just walking around and it's obvious and you just click on all the things um but i, I what i think okay so like there's an there's a discussion to be had there about where where that puts us on that line um but what i would say at least is um i think they could use a hint system one that is optional like i really love games like in this style that do that sort of thing where they say if you want a hint for this objective you can get it or even a progression of hints like first it's you know somewhat vague then it's more direct because i i i don't i, I want to figure out how to navigate that world where some people want to like sit there and truly figure it out and how do we like give them the ability to do that whilst also protecting them from missing a server that's just to the right of this fucking screen <laughs> for 45 well, minutes <clears throat> um I mean that so that it it felt to me like like a game that was designed in the style of these like much older games um like we were talking about with um Ethan Carter but almost more so like um I feel like Ethan Carter was kind of trying to combine like that unguided concept with more of an open world like but like a, or a, maybe just a very large sure. um world and this is a much more a much smaller i mean there's there's a lot of rooms um but it's it it feels much more like uh honestly a text adventure as we were talking about at the beginning it feels much more like a text adventure <clears throat> in the way that the rooms are are designed and and are arranged um or i guess i mean i've never played mist but like that's you go from like screen to look at to screen to look at um and i think that 
with those very specific places, like it kind of shows you the things that you should be looking at um, in that, like you don't have to worry about the stuff in between the rooms um, <clears throat> of importance. And it's pretty clear when a room is not important. So I think they do a very good job of that. Um, it's just that I, I like, I, I've seen in other games um, ways to do some sort of like, what are the interactable objects in this room um, <clears throat> in a, in a way that doesn't feel invasive or l like you're wasting your time. I don't know. Right? Not you're wasting your time, but like it, it trivializing. Right. Sure. Um, but also, I mean, I think a hint system might be cool as well, um, just because, like, it just uh, from a purely, like, just off-my-brain concept of um, there is a, like, ask the human yes. what they asked you to do before. Um, and they tell you basically the exact same voice line that they did when they were giving you the instructions. Okay, wait, almost. Actually, I have a, I have a <clears> point <throat> in that exact that I was going to bring up, which is that they do not repeat the exact same voice line. Yeah. And oftentimes they actually give you less information than the voice line you just heard. And that oh. was hurtful to me. Like, because right. yeah. I forgot what you said. It's not like that. So please just say it again. And then, right. so, so a good example <clears throat> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that really is stuck in my brain is there was a case where she was like, go to this room, and then she named it, like EAS eleven, and then and then she uh well she so she like call signed it and then she like named it you know whatever communications or something, and then later, when you asked her to do it again, she was like, go to communications, period, and I was like, fuck, and I think that literally sent us on like a fucking goose chase f through the rooms again, um because we didn't remember the the ES, ES 11 part of it and she wouldn't say it again and so right. I, I think within that system if you wanted and I mean I guess we didn't try to have her ask it a million times but you could have the hint system within that you ask her once she'll say it again you ask her twice she'll say it with more details you ask her three times she'll get frustrated and basically do it for you or something um but if yeah, maybe not going as far as to do it for, but yeah, like definitely getting more specific with the voice line would definitely be helpful. Yeah. Um, I think with that. Yeah, because I, I agree. There were some times where it's like, well, because the thing is, these story beats hit, which are kind of mind fucky at times. So then you're kind of reeling from trying to make sense and at least for me, like I'm trying to make sense what just occurred right in front of me. But as that's happening... Emma's like spouting all this newfound information of my next task to me. So then it's just like, I kind of come to and I'm like, what do I do now? <laughs> like, <laughs> wait, Emma, can that's you repeat right, yourself? Right, yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, that That's how, yeah, that's honestly, uh, I, I feel like that. I also think, um, I think in particular with the communications command, that that was going to be my suggestion for maybe a slight improvement was uh, the integration between uh, the, you know, the environment that you move in and Sam's little, like, HUD that he has. So, like, 
you can interact with items on the ship, but then also you can press the select button, I think. And then there's also these tabs that you can flip through, which one of the tabs was communications, where you type in coordinates and broadcast messages and whatnot. And so that was where the disconnect, I think, was for us a lot, where she'd be like, you know, type into type the coordinates into communications. So we're looking on the map. We're like, where's the where's the communications room? Like maybe the communications is in like the very central area where she's at right now. But actually communications was a tab in your internal HUD that you flip to to type in the coordinates. But it took us a long time to figure that out, that it was actually an internal part of our operating system and not a part on the ship. Um, and, you know, that made that just like us not paying attention to detail, I suppose. But I just feel like that integration between the internal HUD and then the exterior environment maybe could have gone a little bit smoother. Um, maybe with like the kind of uh, like the prompt to maybe open up your HUD being a little bit more clear or a little bit more, I guess, pronounced that like that is the next thing you have to do. Um, perhaps that's a way that they could do it. Because I know we, we that happened to us a lot where we were just like, where is this thing? Oh, wait, it's in our select menu. My bad. Like, Plus like, God, now that I'm thinking about it, how in world would it be to just have a fucking text log of everything that's been said <laughs> and you just read yeah that. right that yeah. seems very <clears throat> ai like don't you yeah. think i was i was it i was thinking about that as well <laughs> yeah yeah like i was thinking about that as like if we were going to have the like ask for what you're supposed to do again be like increasing hints you should also just have a text log and then i was like wait you should just have a text log anyways <laughs> like yeah. what the fuck yeah. <laughs> so so that's maybe <clears throat> our gripes with there was definitely and I, I think we can all admit it got in our way at times. Um, mm -hmm. But it's like I would do you think we can take it the other way and say like it got in our way because we were trying to get to what it had to offer. You know what I mean? Like it, it at least for me, it had me. So like the the frustrations well, and where we were. I would say that like these are like little sticking points, but like the game was not really about the gameplay. That's true. Mm -hmm. Um, as we had said earlier, like it was more of a ride, and so like the the burden of the gameplay is to try not to make it too onerous for you to enjoy the actual like story of the game, and to make it like interesting enough that you remain engaged as you're taken along. Um, and I think as a whole, it did a pretty good job there. Like, there are only I think probably three points where we got like stuck for longer than a few minutes um and overall that's not not bad um i think one of the other things that got us a bit confused was just how like three-dimensional the station was and it was a bit disorienting to go around um especially like there were these coordinates on the side of your hud and they turned out to actually be the angle of your camera and not like xyz coordinates which was really misleading um yeah that's and, true <laughs> and honestly i think the only thing they really needed to do to solve that 3d disorientation problem would be to 
prompt you to use waypoints and probably improve the waypoint experience <laughs> a little bit more. <laughs> yeah. Uh huh. Um, yeah. Because yeah. it had waypoints this sort of like crazy. <laughs> there would be a nav point and you'd reach it and it would just disappear and then you'd have to like search around where do, where's the next nav point. So um, and not only would it disappear, it would zoom off to the side of your screen. Yeah. But it wouldn't zoom off in the direction you were supposed to go. Yeah, you'd pass like it would it. just. Yeah. It would so just. I, I think it's like you're you're yeah. getting so close to it that it passes behind you and it looks like it's sliding off of the screen and that's when it disappears and a new one appears somewhere off screen usually. Right. Mm -hmm. And and you can already but picture it, yeah. in your head what it would look like to have a waypoint system that like fit. Like if you're an AI and you're connected through essentially like the electricity or the electrical cables or the ethernet or whatever through this place, you could just outline one of those cables between the room you're in and the room you need to go and mm -hmm. you can just follow it. You know? Or do everything the same, except when you reach one of those waypoints that they currently have, it just like pulses slightly and disappears instead of flying off the screen. And then it highlights where the next one is. Yeah. Right. You know, yeah. just yeah, just that would be better. Yeah. And it's it's funny because like this is a, a fair nitpick, but it's on the back of it's always going to be confusing to be in this weird space station, but that's like oh cool confusing. Yeah. If mm -hmm. if it doesn't become too cumbersome, that's just like rad. Like like what is up, what is down, um, and just like how that mm -hmm. kind of changes between rooms and just that whole vibe of it is it's cool and like you know it, it's a very space thing. Like I remember being like, what's this cut out of the wall? And someone was like, oh that's their bunk. And I'm like, but it's on the wall. And then I'm like, oh of course it's on the wall. Why does it need to be on the floor? That's just that's just me There's thinking no <laughs> in the wrong way. Um, well, yeah, and and to talk about movement in the game a little bit more. Speaking as the person that was controlling, like it was a little bit cumbersome to move about the cabins because even as you're moving, they do have the spaceship rotating or the space station rotating. So even if you're just going in a straight line eventually your field of view is going to start tilting like because they do account for that rotation a little bit more um and so even like if you stand still sometimes you can start to notice the station kind of start lurching off to the right or off to the left so you constantly have to kind of like retilt yourself and like that I found that a little bit disorienting, and as a result, I got lost constantly. But I highly recommend you guys watch a playthrough of people who are, like, good at that kind of directional sense. Because watching somebody skilled go about this whole thing, and they're just, like, doing fucking barrel rolls throughout the entire <laughs> space station. Like, it looks cool. Like, it's awesome. Um, probably should not have been the person to drive this one, though, just because that kind of tilting mechanic did kind of throw us off at times where it's like, I thought I knew where I was going and now I'm lost. <laughs> like, where are we? <laughs> yeah. And so I guess, yeah, we, we didn't mention this exactly, but you can either travel through cameras or you can travel in this like sphere thing. And that's what we're talking about, which is like sort of like you're personified or something you can kind of fly. Um, and that's, that's where you get turned around and you have to barrel roll and pivot and all this other stuff um yeah but dude like other than all that though okay so i forget where i saw this but you know i swear to god it was like one of like the the reviews somewhere where they like take a line from the review right like as if it's a movie it's like you know nine out of ten from ign and they said and i don't remember who said this but they basically said like 
an experience like no other. And I was like, that's the most cliche shit ever. But also, like, I definitely have never experienced a game like this. <laughs> and, like, I think back to, like, Tacoma, and I'm like, Tacoma was fucking rad. And I think there's a lot of comparison points to be made, at least in setting. But this one felt so much more, like, space-like. I don't know how to describe that, but it felt so much more, like, real-world space, mm. if that makes sense. And I think they did a really good job on the, like, visual glitchiness. Like, it felt really authentic actually and like that the, helped a lot yeah like the cameras and stuff and you were you were mentioning one screen that was out of phase with the camera and so it was like flickering and yeah so it's like about? yeah so like um you know how like when somebody takes a home video or something of uh a computer screen i mean i guess this is maybe maybe something that doesn't happen so much anymore <laughs> um that we have like higher frame rates on like your phone and stuff um but the, the screens can be out of phase and you'll see like a, a flickering effect as the screen is refreshing at a different rate from what the camera is. And they had that like going on in the game. Um, and that was just like a really cool touch. And they also did a lot of things like chromatic aberration where like colors bleed to different degrees to the side. Um, and when you bumped into things, you'd also get like visual glitches on your camera where it would like have a distortion wave travel up it. Um, and it was, it felt really immersive in that sense. Um, and I thought these were all like really neat touches that helped, helped make it feel like we're on the like frontier of space science or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it was like, and also, I mean, it was, it was like trying to be a near future space station, like based on current space stations, not. <clears throat> like Tacoma was a human, like a, a place designed for humans to exist in with gravity. Yeah. And then there were spaces that had no gravity in that space station. It was just like, it was a very different design principle, I feel like. Oh, yeah. And I, and I think that like, so even though there's so many comparison points with that game, it feels like another universe from this game. Like, even yeah. though you might on the outside be like, yeah, they're so similar, right? um yeah like i mean like this game is set in 2026 whereas i think tacoma was like maybe 2084 or something like that like this game certainly felt like it is a very realistic futuristic look like i could see space travel looking like it did in observation in 2026 um it was just realistic and just how they how they pack things up and how the you know living quarters look um like really the only thing futuristic about it that seems maybe like maybe we're there maybe we're not is like the operating system but like that's the whole point of this game <laughs> is you know how advanced <laughs> the technology is um but also the operating yeah. system was like maybe just an alien the whole time yeah otherworldly perhaps ish yeah i well so should we talk about that like our theories of what was actually going on now well yeah so let's yeah let, let, i think we're kind of set on gameplay because as we kind of hinted at like the gameplay is secondary to the story 
uh, and the narrative. So like, I feel like the rest of this discussion is going to mainly be on the story points. And so, yeah, let's, let's dive into it with, you know, what, what do we think this game had to offer and what was it actually about? What was that twist at the end? What did it all mean? Talk to me, Raphael. What did it mean? <laughs> so I would sort of divide the game into two portions with regard to the story. I would say there's there's the point of getting to Saturn, like or the the where and the when, as the the game calls it. Um, and then there's like what happens with the hexagons and the uh, space tentacles and landing on Saturn and the convergence of the multiverses. Um, so I would say like the the getting to Saturn uh, had a lot of foreshadowing in the setting um, and like why we were getting to Saturn. Um, that was really well established and um, it's basically like there were these set of signals that were extracted from a bunch of data. Um, and I thought this was actually really an interesting idea where they were like, there are pairs of stars that were in phase. And then there was a point where the line between those stars would align in time and space at a particular point, which turned out to be near Saturn. Um, and there were some other things that suggested like um, a particular person should be there. Um, and that all fit together pretty nicely. Um, the point where it sort of fell apart for me was like, okay, so then when Emma goes down to Saturn, well, A, there's a lot of problems setting-wise. Like, she lands on its surface, and it's kind of like a normal atmosphere where she's walking around. And that really doesn't make sense. Um, because, like, if you think about, like, a giant, a gas giant, like, as you get closer to the solid surface, the gas is going to become thicker and denser and eventually become a liquid or a supercritical fluid before you ever get to something solid. And so there won't be a nice surface to just like walk around on and be able to see things in. Um, so. But was it sad? Immersion that they ruined. Landed on? <laughs> maybe maybe they, not. They went into the storm. They didn't necessarily land in Saturn. My my assumption is that going into the storm they landed on an extraterrestrial planet that's like not Saturn, but it's like a planet hidden within the hexagonal storm on Saturn. That's I guess, my thought. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's a reasonable interpretation because there were all sorts of like multiverse convergence things happening as the storm like flared up. So mm. you could view it maybe as a portal to another place. Um, and then I guess I couldn't figure out any way for the rest of that to make sense either. Like, it kind of seems like she's coming back and, like, acting as a vessel for an invasion of Earth or something. Um, but if you think about, like, the difficulty of setting up the circumstances that led them there, like, why would something that could do that need a vessel to invade Earth. Interesting. Because it's... Uh, I don't know. Because drama. <laughs> yeah. Well, because, you know, this no. game was running out of budget halfway through, according to James. And so... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but 
That's fair. Because, like, because they were running out of budget for the invasion, so they needed, they needed the vessel. <laughs> they spent yeah. it all on like getting the signal, and then they were like, wait. Well, yeah. I don't know. Was she <clears throat> even human? Is that established? I'm not convinced of that necessarily. So, I'm convinced that she right. stopped becoming human when Jim left her out of the airlock. Yeah, when it's And I only the fucking... say that because... Okay. Well, I mean, like, for one thing, like, her helmet, like, punctures before they go, like, as they're making their way back to the original observation space station. Uh, and so you kind of assume that Emma's, like, dead because Jim locks her outside of the space station and her helmet's punctured. But more notably, um, it was hinted to me in her cadence of speech because up until that point... She's very scared. She's very worried. She's all like, I just want to get out of here. I want to figure out what's going on. Like, what what is happening? Like, I have no idea what's happening. And when Sam lets her back in through the airlock uh, after Jim is killed, uh, after Sam kills Jim, honestly, um, like, for one thing, Emma comes in through the airlock completely fine, like, as if nothing has happened. So that's, like, clue number one. Uh, I don't think that's like an, in, a story inconsistency that the game developers just like forgot. Like, oh yeah, we punctured her helmet. Whoops, we forgot. Well, she survived. Like, I don't, I <clears throat> hardly think that was possible. But also um, when she comes back in through the airlock, that is when she is oddly cold and oddly calm where she comes in and she's just like, I feel different now. Yeah. Well, she literally said, yeah, I was going to say, she literally says, I feel different. <laughs> that was going to be another point. <laughs> yeah, so that's, 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 that's a fair argument, but I feel like it happened a lot earlier than that because in the first place, leaving the space station, she's not wearing a pressurized suit. She's just wearing, she's wearing a cloth suit with like normal boots. And I think before that, and she like, also fails the <clears throat> voice verification test. Yeah, she fails the first one ever. Um, well, that one seems like very beginning a glitch, the but then there was a another one where, like, it's just unknown. It doesn't even say like it. It had an error. It's just like this is not. Oh, a that's match. right. Oh, right. that's right. And then that's she's true. just like, and... "Well, we're gonna do it anyway." Yeah, and I, I yeah. feel like really. Why do I feel like you're gonna help me anyway? She yeah. says, right? Yeah, yeah. and then. James correctly said because there's no other way to progress in the video game, <laughs> which is like how I always feel as a player whenever someone says like they try to be cutesy with you like that. But but like I I think what was really cool to watch is they kept it so like for this first half potentially like they kept it so realistic or so like plausible I guess. Um, Except for the suit. No, but exactly. But that's what I mean is like. The suit oh. felt like an inconsistency. The puncture in the helmet felt like an inconsistency. Like maybe her voice not recognized. Like these hints that we're talking about feel like inconsistencies. And I could see someone like writing Neil deGrasse Tyson being like, you need to make a tweet about this. Um, this is not right. Um, <laughs> but that was the point where they were lifting off from sci-fi into like something different maybe. Or I'm not sure if it's really, I, I don't know the, like if it does it leave sci-fi, I don't know. But the point is, I mean, it's like that's when they're lifting off from like the immediately plausible into the sort of second half of their game where they're going to go crazier and start doing crazy things. From the science into the fiction. I think so. I think that seems like fair to me. 
And I think it's cool because it's subtle in the way they do it and it's slow and eerie and creepy. But then they start to kind of wrap all those into a new set of logic and understanding of how the world is being built. It's like there's, I don't know if it's magic, but it's at least alien. There's an alien thing that doesn't follow our understanding that's starting to happen and they're starting to hint at it and then it goes towards the second section. So, and I, I kind of, almost love the way that they did it via inconsistencies that people might be mad at like well, what the fuck is that like that's not a pressurized suit um it's like well, i feel like that's I think aside from you. the pressurized suit um it is actually plausible for her to survive out there for that long i think like even without a suit um you can survive for a few minutes um in a vacuum as long as you don't hold your breath but can you uh, survive you hold for your 45 breath, your minutes while we're trying to figure out where the server is, though? Probably probably not. But I think, like, in terms of the story, like, that was supposed to happen faster. And she was supposed to be out there for, like, maybe 15 minutes. Um, but, I mean, she she wasn't losing her oxygen instantly. Um, she could have, like, plugged the hole and lost it more slowly and been in, like, a low oxygen state. Um, that that seemed plausible. Although, like, the, the pressure... the unpressurized suit would have probably exploded um but i don't know i can look past that i mean she didn't even have an oxygen tank what was yeah like where was the oxygen coming from to leave the suit boop -a -doop -a -doop. but this is what i'm saying though like uh, i think that's this is my where the... inconsistency discovered noise but see i, I think, think it's actually canister. like what Zoe was saying earlier i mean i think i mean do i really know no i think we're all just positing but i i think that's actually a sign that the rules are different around her that they're changing oh yeah absolutely you know what i'm saying yeah totally agreed so yeah so yeah. you noting that um, is what they want um the conclusion yeah yeah yeah. And yeah no i i i'm i'm on board with that um uh absolutely and that was like drawing me in i was like what the fuck is going on mm -hmm. um <clears throat> like what is she becoming what's and um why and um i i think that like i i don't really think that the payoff like ever arrives for that but um uh that's okay like other weird shit happened i guess i don't know <laughs> confirm i would have i would have liked i would have liked i would have liked for them to um to to hint at at something beyond like it's weird and spooky you know um okay like i i don't i don't think that they actually provided like tangible suggestions of what what she might have been becoming or um why definitely yeah from nobody even seems to hypothesize like none of the characters really hypothesize about what the material is they're like oh what is all this stuff and i then... would argue that it's beyond vague it's like it's not even there yeah like um like she like rises up in the air in front of a hexagon at the very end of the game and she's like i'm ready now and that's about and, it. and that's yeah. yeah so like she's being inhabited by the beings and the tentacle thing um but i mean the tentacles also 
don't ever do anything aside from spook people aside from making the whole ship look different yeah yeah i mean i think they like spook jim away from destroying sam's mainframe but don't the tentacles kill him no you you kill him by flushing him out of the lock Right. They like yep. jump out of yeah. Sam's mainframe at him, and then he's like, "I'm gonna get out of here." So, so here's a right. thing I would say. Think about this concept. Do you know how there's like this like it's not a rule, but it's like an idea that's been like floating around, like around scary games and just around scary movies and scary in general, where they say, like, you know, this movie was especially don't scary because monster. you don't see the monster. They never show you the monster, and so it's like inside your mind. That's where the scariness is. There's hints, there's tells, but maybe a flicker here and there, but you can't make it out, like that sort of thing. I would actually make the case that that is kind of what this, like, not just alien race, but almost like the resolution to exactly what happened here is, is like they don't, it's like, it's almost strange to think like because like you would assume like well they're just going to tell us everything right they're going to give us like a huge exposition at the end and they're just going to literally like down to the molecule explain to us what happened but it's like they almost went with a narrative approach of not showing the monster like they really it's really vague and really hinty at I, the end i i i mean i kind of argue that they went with the narrative approach of not showing the narrative but that's what but, i mean um, that's what i mean right but like but like like, if you don't show the narrative, then there isn't a narrative. So it's not that they didn't show it, but they did what you do in the scary movies where they hint at it and they give you drops. Yeah. Well, so I feel like my problem with it is, like, so in with not showing the monster, like, you can imagine any number of plausible monsters. And it's, like, it's really easy to fill the gap with something that's scary. And that's what makes that work. But, like, in this, it's, like, I can't think of any consistent reason for it to behave this way. And so it just becomes like, okay, we're not going to understand it. Time to go home. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I guess, like, for me, at least personally, like, I I kind of, like, relish in, the, in that from a story. Not always, but often. Like, I find so many things are such huge letdowns when they're, like, and here's exactly what the alien is. And here's exactly how it works. And here's exactly how... Like they, in my mind, I totally agree with you with that. Yeah, it's so and so like, and that is is unfortunate because people really want that payoff, or a lot of people do. But here, I felt like they were letting me sort of like try to think of and and keep the mystery and the fear of this alien race and what they were doing, as opposed to like like spelling it out. Like it, it almost did really feel like a personal account story like if you ever i don't know like there's certain stories where it's just like it's just what this person saw so i'm sorry you didn't get all the intel and they died at the end so like (laughs) they didn't get a resolution really either but here was just a vignette in this universe it kind of felt like that it was a story in this universe where there wasn't you didn't get to sit in on the un meeting where they like figured this shit out because they dissected one of these guys you know like you just got this tale this arc in this universe and then they let you go I guess I the mean, like, point... Oh, go ahead. Like, I think the thing with this was, like, they did show the aliens technically at the end and that there were these silhouettes, like, these human-like silhouettes um, when you were communicating your final message that was supposed to, like, emulate, like, the other. 
Oh, like I thought those alien. were Emma's. No, I believe those were supposed to be aliens. I, I rewatched um, another person play the ending to this. And to me, they kind of make it look less like Emma's and more like alien-ish. But like, it's very human looking aliens, which I don't know. I'm always just like a little bit like... Not bummed by, I would say, but like they they do kind of show like this this other like who's behind the hexagons. So like there is that slight little bit of reveal, but it is like blurry enough where it's like you don't quite know still who they are or what they what they represent or what they're even here for. Um, yeah. I was gonna say the point of dissonance for me is that like. So much of the first half comes off like hard sci-fi where they're like really trying to ground it in science um, and sort of explore like an interesting idea. And then it just becomes sort of like supernatural or eldritch horror, basically. Um, and I, I'm still like trying to look at it through the hard sci-fi lens and I'm being like, there is nothing there. Um, and And that, yeah. I just found that kind of jarring. I see like the whole ending to this of being a more complex version of an abduction story. And that really this whole like the whole premise of this game is just the abduction of a human who has then bestowed the gift of converting people and being sent back down to earth to abduct the rest of humanity. For whatever reason, we don't know, but um, like that is essentially kind of how I saw this, but they tried to tie it into science because they the aliens are abducting other humans by fusing together the persona of Sam and Emma together into like one super alien being. <laughs> That's you know how what? I see I... it. <laughs> so... As as this story progressed, I what I was really hoping would happen actually is um, a story that uh, that that I've actually maligned on this podcast before um, th that I wanted to kind of happen because of the the grounding in hard sci-fi. I wanted there to be some reason why everybody on the um on the ship like went crazy or got corrupted in some way and um what you were seeing was actually false it, um that y you never actually went to saturn um the the tentacle things never actually really happened they were just an expression of some strange either hallucination or or corruption um and that uh, I, I wanted there to be hints that that something like that was happening and that that this was actually happening in the real world with maybe uh, something else. Um, I, I wanted so my my problem with the way that the game ended with with the like I love. Um, uh ambiguity uh when i feel like it's done intentionally um which is to say that 
the writers know the answer. Um, <clears throat> like I want there to be, I want the writers to know what, what they aren't saying. Um, and I, I didn't feel like I got that from this game. I, I, um, I felt like they, they asked a lot of questions that they didn't know the answer to. Um, and, uh, it, it led to an unfulfilling experience in terms of that stuff to me, to me. And, um, I mean, I like, um, like that's, that's the world that McCoy loves to live in where there's like all of these questions and he's like, fuck yeah. What, what could the answers be? And like, you know, I like, I get that that's like, that's your shit. Um, but I, like, I want, I want there to be a mixture between that and like something there. Yeah. yeah I think um, that's kind of and I line. don't want it to be told to me necessarily. I just, I just want to know that it exists out there. I think that's kind uh, of in line with what I was saying about like, where you don't show the monster, like there is a plausible monster. So it's like, you don't know the answer, but you can think of ones that would fit. Or that it seems like there's something that would fit, and like just around like you just need to figure out this one thing. Um, but for me, I like I had the same experience where it just like it went too weird to the point where like nothing actually really made sense anymore. Fair. Like it's interesting. Like it definitely presents like different set of rules. Like I actually I was thinking about like hard sci-fi versus i don't know why i said hard sci-fi as if i understand that qualifier but just sci-fi versus um like fiction and i think like fiction could also Fantasy. have sci-fi in it like and i think they use sci-fi in the first half of this game as a really good tool of misdirection like because if 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 I told you, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you a uh, a fiction story about aliens, like I could still tell you that story based on what astronauts in six years from now are experiencing, you know, like with all the same tools, and like it could still li like fiction could still live in on Earth or what we perceive as our reality, like then it just adds on top of that with um, creativity and fancifulness, and I think that's kind of what we see here and i think it's interesting to hear that it feels like the culture our, our culture has like this line around sci-fi like well sci-fi is like pure and i think like i disagree actually okay so i would say like i i'd said it's really a point of dissonance for me in that sure, like it sets sure. it up as hard sci-fi but then it breaks that yep. so like yep. i go and watch something like annihilation and that is definitely like sci-fi it's not hard sci-fi like it has the same like we don't really know what's going on here and it's eerie and unsettling and it does that really well and i really enjoyed it in that context but like i wasn't like i mean i was kind of like trying to fit things together because i always try to like find an explanation but i didn't feel like i was misled into thinking that there would be one um in the way that observation did that makes sense so it's like I don't think that it was a bad experience. Like I enjoyed the game a lot. Sure, no. um, it's just like getting to the end and being like, okay, there isn't really going to be any attempt to answer any of this. That that just felt really disappointing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can see that. Well, so 
so you've asked us the questions. Um, but how did you feel in this universe? Uh, <laughs> the God damn it. Using the word universe is just so confusing <laughs> in this context. But I just mean in this discussion of sci-fi and fantasy and the setup and misdirection and all that sort of thing, like and and the payoff of the ending. How did it? How did it uh, land for you? And and how did you feel about that transition where it just got wonky? I think initial impression was definitely like I did the game did end, and I felt a little bit like not necessarily unfulfilled, but it was definitely like a ellipsis followed by a what <laughs> like that was honestly i think my first reaction and, and like i said at the beginning of the episode like i really had to like think about this episode a lot and like i went back into other people's playthroughs just to watch cutscenes again uh and and it was just a, upon like further I guess watching gameplay a second time, like I didn't really have time for a second playthrough this week, but I definitely think a second playthrough does help in your overall acceptance of the ending, um, just in the way that it foreshadows and the way it kind of hints more into having the ending make sense, which to me, I interpret it as it, like I said, as like a a more complex abduction story um that this is just aliens trying to abduct the human race via more complicated means aka by controlling our advanced ai and fusing together our advanced ai with a human and converting or abducting humans that way that's kind of how i interpreted it um notably like there is a lot more that I think that just can't possibly make sense on a first playthrough that like when you watch it again, it does make sense. Just in in particular, I'm thinking about every time you encounter the hexagon uh, in the game and you communicate with it via a series of symbols, um, it does turn out that those symbols represent people and represent you know concepts and so what I found and this is just off of other people's analysis so this wasn't necessarily my own but we, we did during our playthrough discover that a lot of these symbols represented people so we found like the symbol for Emma or the symbol for Jim um but a lot of the repeating symbols that we saw throughout the game that we didn't catch on our first playthrough, but other people would catch, and what I caught on watching other playthroughs is um, one message that keeps on repeating is just like, um, like Sam and Emma combined. Like it's a repeating message over and over. Sam and Emma combined. So just AI and human combined together. And so just this concept of creating this kind of like superhuman AI, uh, which is kind of how it happens in the end, is like Emma and Sam officially fuse together. She gets sent back to Earth. And you can see them both talking in both of their distorted speech of just saying like, you know, I feel different now. Like, I am Sam and I am Emma. And then you see like the final message of like, bring them 
which I feel like them meaning the human race. Um, and like, I think about that and I'm like, that's cool. I like that. Like <laughs> that is definitely cool, but it's, again, it's just something you have to bring more thought into and really have to study like the underlying text and foreshadowing a little bit more diligently than I think we did in our playthrough just because we were just playing for the sake of playing which is okay it's also first time through i don't really know how much of that you're supposed to get it feels like the the proper path through these types of games is i guess the second playthrough or whatever like it really is that because i think of this even with the promotional material i watched the trailer the other day the fucking launch trailer and in the launch trailer trailer it's emma and saying some stuff and then she just starts warping into sam's voice in unison and then they have this like crazy unison voice at the end of the trailer um and i was like even here they're hinting at this now of course like whether or not the fact that they're hinting at the two of them combined is enough of a payoff for anyone is up to the individual person but they definitely are dropping hints i would imagine all over the place and i know that they were at least doing it in the trailer or in some of these uh speaking with the hexagon moments so that stuff that stuff is cool um of course i think it's slightly detracted by the fact that you turn around 180 and get scared by a hexagon i think that's some real bullshit <laughs> 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 i didn't need to be there but okay um but it's honestly i it's 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 my favorite jump scare so far <laughs> because it's a fucking hexagon and that's frankly hilarious honestly <laughs> That you're like, oh my god, it's a hexagon. Dude, on that point, like, can we not just take a step back and just the just the hexagon itself is hilarious. Like, it's just so, this giant hexagon. Just... I think the hexagon was actually a cube. Um, I kept meaning to point this out during the playthrough, but it didn't actually seem that relevant. But in, like, retrospect analysis, like, cubes show up a lot in the symbols that it communicates to you with. And... If you it's, look at a cube, it's a funky view of a 3D cube. Yeah, if you look at a cube point on, it's a hexagon. Oh, so is that the? Is it that was the just cube a silhouette on the. Yeah, so that's the cube on the um on the, the symbol, axis. which is the cube on the axis. Yeah, mm, that could make sense. That's kind of cool. Yeah. It's... Um, so I, I like we figured out that 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 Sam and Emma were like being combined at the end, right? Like I feel like we kind I of so. recognize that with their voices. Um like and I think it's cool that like they they did that, like that the aliens like had the plan where they were doing that. I just I I think that the payoff that 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 like where that doesn't land for me is like kind of what what Raphael said, which is like why like there there is no why except for like bring them yeah um which is just i don't know it's not enough for me um well i think the other thing that bothered me is like to set up these star pairs just to communicate this message means you have to like get everywhere around earth to like set up all of these stars and interfere with them to be able to send this signal and like that's a lot of effort it's a lot of going around to different places. Why wouldn't you just go to Earth and spend a fraction of that energy like doing the fusion? Or just eating everyone or something. Yeah. Yeah. This is one of those like 
It's um I think I think I would have liked it almost better if it was like if the end like was way smaller in scope than like bring them. Um if they weren't trying to invade Earth, but just like needed specific people. And it was like a weird, obtuse way of getting specific people. Like, because she was a specific person. Like, I don't know. You can't really do that with just two words after bring her because there's no one else. <laughs> um, so wait, James, if I can just totally there's... like encapsulate your thought process for this game, it is bring writers. Um <laughs> Yeah. Okay. I mean, <laughs> all right. Well, Jokes yeah. Okay. Well, no, like, just I'm just yeah. kidding. Yeah. Ugh. No, I mean, like, I, I do think that, that they, like, I, I do still believe that they, like, they had to, to, like, rewrite the whole Bring thing at the last minute. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, but I, yeah, like, I don't know, like, the, I don't know. Yeah. Like, is it when I think about these types of narratives, I almost think it's like they're religious maybe is in, in structure. And I mean by that of like when I was a kid, I would always hear religious stories and be like, why do I need to like, like there were rules in place that felt otherworldly. And I think in other words, like, why does God care what I do if they can just do everything? Mm. And it's like, they can't do everything. There are rules. They have immense and amazing Here's power an idea. That, you know, you cannot... Save them. Yeah, exactly. But no, no, what I just mean... I would have liked that better. I would have liked that them. better. Save huh. them. Huh. That's easy. Yeah. One word change that James would have just... That's literally a thumb for James. Um, literally, literally, yeah. Like <laughs> yeah. that would go from a one thumb to a two thumb game. Save them. I, I was like, thinking like weird teach shit. Them. Who the fuck knows? Yeah. yeah, like, and it would be I don't yeah. know. Like when you said religious, I was like, wait a minute. But, but no, but seriously, like the what I mean by the religious concept is that it's like there are these rules, but they're not like immediately grounded in our experience, but they do exist. And it's like how willing one is to accept those stories and accept those rule sets that are like outside of human immediate experience, I think is like potentially like how willing you are to enjoy a story like this. I feel like where mm. it's like, why didn't they just do it's like, I don't know, but there's a reason. It's like that kind of thing. It's like how I feel in my mind. Like there is a rule and a reason, but we don't know. We're not privy to it. So we have to work with what we have. And so I think it's like, that's kind of what it's kind of the mindset that you need not need to have but that helps enjoy something like this i, I feel like i'm just thinking mm. of like blindsight though where it's like it felt like a very similar thing to be attempting which is like trying to introduce an alien that thinks like in a really different way in a way that like we really can't quite get but at the same time, like Blindsight manages to make it, like it has a satisfying explanation. It's also a little bit unsatisfying. Um, to clarify, Blindsight is a book that I read because I read books about space, as McCoy likes to make fun of. Um, oh. But it's sort of like make fun of. Well, 
teased. Teased, yeah, sure. Um, I prefer I'll be ridicule. Like, Embarrassed. Hey, destroyed. McCoy. Yeah. So I was reading this yep. book, and it was about space. Um, I say that a lot. Yep. So um, <laughs> I just like Raphael. You. Oh, it sounds like nothing else could have been true. Like this is the only thing that could have <laughs> existed in that sentence, and and fair enough. But yeah, like in, in Blindsight, there's sort of like an explanation of the difference. And even though like you still can't really understand the motives of the aliens very well, like you understand why they are different. And in this, like there's, they're not even approaching that. Like it's just, the aliens are incomprehensible, possibly omnipotent, or at least from our perspective, entities that are hexagons. And and or cubes and want us to bring her and or them and or yeah exactly and or save them or whatever yeah yeah it's interesting <laughs> this game really made me think to myself like i want don't take this crazy Raphael, but i want to learn see more stories in sci-fi <laughs> please don't send me a thousand bucks um <laughs> or do um but like no but i was just like sitting there like this is actually really underexplored in at least my knowledge like this is just cool and like hearing other stories that are similar that do more or less to explain these types of things sounds really interesting like i think i i don't know i i was thinking about it and i was like dude when's the last time i played a space game other than that civ clone uh endless space which is wonderful um but like uh into the breach yeah exactly into the breach uh tacoma well that was a time travel game not a space game Fair. Wow. I guess it was a timeline thing. Yeah. I do think, okay, I can't believe no one has actually. So wait, you're certain it wasn't more Emma's, bro? On Me? the planet? Yeah. Yeah, yeah they all Fuck. died. I, I, there were, we, we watched, we saw Emma's die. No, they definitely had different builds. Oh, wait, that's right. There was Emma's uh, that died up along the way. Much broader shoulders. Yeah. But the, the ones that were standing had much broader shoulders than Emma. Oh. Um. And I'm pretty sure, like, if they wanted those figures to be Emma, they would have had her be in, like, had those Emmas be in, like, notable orange suits, like, with notable, like, I feel like they would have made it more notable that those were Emmas. Okay. Um, that's kind of how I'm taking it. Like, mm. but yeah, Emma, like, says at the very end that, like, her and Sam's instance is like all of the attempts compressed into one yeah. timeline, like one successful timeline. And there's like, you you can go on the internet. There's people with theories that's like, it took 23 Emmas to get to the final Emma. There's 23 chromosomes in a human right. genome. So clearly the other 23 Emmas were ways that the aliens could map her genome to get the perfect beat, you know, like yeah, it's crazy. It's it's mind fucky. Well, like, yeah, that's how so many they have to map play. her. Mm -hmm. Would they have to have mapped her genome to send the, the where and when signal? That's what I'm assuming. I think yeah. her genome was in that. But like, okay, right. So there's definitely still timelines and different different ISS spaceships and all that stuff. Like, yeah, okay, okay. For some reason, like when you were like, dude, there weren't any more Emma's. I was like, oh fuck. Like it just that that threw me into like potentially unsalvageable territory. <laughs> Some good thing. Good thing there were. Okay, nice. Back to reality. As close as we can get. Um, 
like I, I do i do however agree like so i take it like james and Raphael like kind of trying to like condense and summarize maybe like what you guys wish was there like did you guys just want more like alien motive like you just wanted to know why as opposed to like what i i wanted to know that there was a why that there was a why like yeah. there was a reason for the abductions this is like what adam would yeah. talk about back in the day where he would say like you need to create rules even if you don't state them that your that the story is following even if you don't state them just so that it feels like you have yeah that notepad of what's actually happening something like that kind of going on is that, is that what you're referring to so that there's internal consistency right. or and even if the internal consistency is entirely opaque like it's there um yeah like i i, I can see that and i guess i just wasn't as bothered uh with like that sort of why at the end i was just more happy that like the why emma and why sam was remediated that's why i was more i guess satisfied with this sort of ending like Hmm. the thing is like when it comes to sci-fi i feel like the bar for me is like set pretty high to get all of those questions answered in all of those dimensions um like i think like my favorite kind of extraterrestrial tale where you actually see the aliens too you know so wow crazy (laughs) but like uh i think i think arrival is like one of my favorite depictions of like extraterrestrial life and why and when and how like yeah that that sort of movie I love so much. One, because, like, the aliens look fucking crazy in that movie where it's, the, like... The, like, weird hand, massive hand things. Exactly. The, like, like when squids. I think of yeah. hand squids with different language, like, uh, there's so much... I, I, I could honestly make a whole podcast episode about that movie, but that is not what we're here for. Dude, I love so, that movie. <laughs> um, but, like, that, that's where McCoy, my bar have you seen that movie? with sci-fi. Oh my God, Go McCoy! We should watch it. Mm. We should watch it. Mc- oh my God, McCoy! You will love this movie. Side quest episode, but we talk like about a movie. <laughs> oh boy. Okay, but yeah, I mean, I think Arrival is another great example of where like you don't get the full explanation, but you get enough of one that it's like you can understand where they're coming from. Right. Yeah. Exactly, and, like, and this also, game doesn't really what's interesting go into about... that depth arrival as well is that there are people in the movie that are trying to figure it out and they decide on things but you don't have to agree with them as the watcher cool um which i think is cool right oh mccoy i'm excited for movie night when's it gonna happen where when where's the where exactly (laughs) i'll just line some stars up and then you guys just need to get some data um your aim is all rage these days yeah Okay. <laughs> I mean, why didn't McCoy communicate via moving or... the stars when he could have just texted us and fucking written in the Discord? I don't know. God, that guy doesn't make sense. Is my life because he didn't want to see the movie? Yeah, why why hack our advanced AI when they could have just texted us? I Bring know her. exactly. Exactly. They could have just hit us. Yeah, they could have just caps. hit us up, bro. They could have just. Where you at? <laughs> hey, yo, bring Emma. She's lit. <laughs> <laughs> it's like okay um 
Yeah. Why didn't they just text us? They kind of did. They used emojis in a sense, don't you think? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, no, dude, the biggest fucking like, oh, sh- moment was like looking at Egyptian hieroglyphics like around the time that emojis were coming out. And I was like, dude, they were on to some shit because these emojis are taking off like a motherfucker right now. And I'm just like, wait a minute, dude. Like, this is this is powerful. Um, should have studied more ancient uh, Egypt and, and, and all sorts of other stuff like that. And we could have had emojis like 10 years earlier. But anyway. I think it's actually turned out that hieroglyphs are more standard than they appear and that they're like more like letters or yeah okay on the other hand um uh the hieroglyphs of the uh my aztecs yeah aztecs um like part of the grammar was in the artistic flourishes of the carver um so, I mean, that's Yeah, cool. that is cool. And, like, I would say Whoa. there's, like, a pretty reasonable one-for-one for, one for some of these emojis. Like, the eggplant's a dick, bro. Like, there's not anything else. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, like that, you could, in a thousand years, you could be, like, looking through, like, the fucking records of text messages. You found a fucking iPhone or something in a thousand years, and you figured out how to plug it in somehow. And you're, like, a scientist or a and you're researcher. Like, that's a Yeah, you're like, I... <laughs> I am fucking certain. Like, like it was just used in so many sexual connotations. These these water droplets don't appear to be water droplets. Anyways, um, so <laughs> all I'm saying is that there might be a, a consistency that's developing in our emoji language too. Um, you never know. Um, cool. Well, uh, <laughs> any final points on this game? We have just jettisoned this conversation from this game <laughs> because the ship had uh, integrity uh, failures in its hull and we needed to get the fuck out of there. Um, I guess, let's see. Yeah, I, I think I would be willing to rate such a game at this point. Anyone else got anything they want to jump in for or should we do it? No. Yeah. Let's no, do it. Set. All right, let's do it. Um, let's start with James. Now, James, I want you to give two ratings. One, this game, right? Two, this game if they change mm-hmm. one word at the very end to anything you want. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> so bear in mind this rating is from somebody who did not play this game uh, because I would not have played this game because, um, you know, you know my history with scary games probably. Uh and uh yeah um i i would give this game a one one thumb up um i think it's uh it's got a lot of cool things going for it um i think that um one sitting like playing this game in one sitting is maybe not the best way to experience it actually um I think, uh, but, um, be, well, because I think partly like having coming back and having to remember what the fuck was going on, uh, might actually add to the, the kind of headspace that you should be in to really enjoy this game. Um, uh, but that's neither here nor there. One star for the game. Um, and then. If they change one word at the end, honestly, um, 
it would get it a lot closer to two stars. One and a half, though. Um, thumbs. Thumbs, right? Thumbs, stars. Wow, what am I doing? You're off the podcast. Have I've been, been on this been podcast on this for one? how long? <laughs> stars. Who am I? Uh, two thumbs. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I would give it two thumbs for for changing one one word, but um, I think with just a very small number of changes to make it. Uh, including that one i think it would it would pretty pretty quickly get up there yeah awesome um okay i'll jump in uh this game hmm been finding games hard to rate lately um that's just a personal problem maybe it's because i have trash tags Ooh, good reference um (laughs) (laughs) moving on um yeah like i i i do feel like this game was split up into two sections where it felt like the first half was interesting, but there was a lot of going through the motions, which I think doesn't have to be a bad thing. I think it felt at certain times slow. Um, But like there is definitely an atmospheric aspect of doing these somewhat menial tasks. If you think of like a narrative and they've got their storyboard and they can roll you through it in an hour, but they put a bunch of roadblocks in the way, welcome to video games um and so like they definitely do that here but it's like cool novel weird shit that you're doing like that feels relevant in the spaceship um but it was always just like wow crazy shit happened i need you to like get in that camera now (laughs) like you're like okay um like immediately um and so for the first half i think at times it was like yeah we're just out here playing this game this is fun digging it but i'm not like i'm not I'm just here. I'm enjoying it. Cool. My friends are here too. That's cool. And then I think around the time, maybe a little before, but around the time we were potentially going to stop for that night, like I think the game switched out of what it had initially sold itself as and went into this like weirder, uh, more fiction style, like really creepy what's going on. I don't know. And to me, that was like immediately compelling and... I was just like completely compelled all the way to the end of the story. And I think that's really cool. Uh, and I, I really want to give it a lot of props for that. Um, it kind of, that's why I sort of said at the beginning, like spoilers, we're going to talk about the end. I was like, obviously we are. But I really think this game is almost like, like a mimic or something. Like it like shows as a sci-fi game about space or whatever. And then it like turns into a different, like almost like fiction thriller set in space. And I think they kind of know that. And that's why they telegraph one version of this game outwardly before you've played it. Um, and I really think once it hits that switch, at least for me, I'm like, awesome. This is my zone. Um, and so, yeah, really compelling, I thought, once it actually got there. Um, so I I don't know. I would think I want to give this game two thumbs up. I could see how everyone could sit on one thumbs up and be happy for this. And I think it's, I could definitely see that. Um, for me personally, it was very novel. It was very different. It was, it, it did what I would want it to do. It piqued my interest uh, in a novel way and, and took me on a ride. And I just am very appreciative of that. And I think like when I look at the nitpicks of this game, it really is in contrast to the ride and how much I enjoyed it and how much I felt like they were kind of taking away, um, which I think is cool. It's like a, almost a backhanded compliment or something, but it's like really is trying to say like, 
oh yeah, the ride was rad. So like when we were lost for 30 minutes, that sucked because the ride was rad. Um, yeah, so I'll go two thumbs up there. Um, how about Raphael then Zoe? How do you feel about that? Sure. Um, that works. So yeah, I mean, I think I largely agree with James. Um, it's a pretty clear one thumbs up for me. Um, I'm not sure I'd be as like I don't think the the one word change would be enough to bring it to two thumbs either. Um, like there there's more missing than that. Like that just makes it a little bit like more internally consistent. But like there's a lot of internal consistency problems. Um, yeah. Uh, just really quickly, I should have also rated the if I could do one word change uh, to it. And I think I could bring it to Golden Star if you change the bring them to fuck them. Because I, the, the, <laughs> I think the tone change and then like you cut to metal music. I'm serious, dude. If they had actually done that, like that would have fucking my eyebrow would have raised so hard. I basically would have stuck there. Like, <laughs> like I just put it like what the. So I think that might showcase a little bit of. If you can bait and switch on me really hard, like, I think I love that shit, so. <laughs> and just, like, the tone's so serious the whole game. What if they just went fucking crazy at the end, you guys? I'm telling you, honestly, that would have been <laughs> so fucking... Anyways, Zoe, what do you think? Oh, yeah. Justify the tentacles, too. <laughs> <laughs> um... I mean, I'll have to maybe echo a little bit of what James was saying, just in that I do think there is you get much more value out of this game if you actually play it yourself. Um, all things considered, like maybe it's not the best game to play as a group. Um, I mean, I thought it was a fun experience, uh, but, yeah. you know, but I, I do agree, like a lot of the immersive experience is actually being a part of the controls uh, and being able to experience being an AI floating throughout the space station. So I do like, I, I do think there is some validity to that. Um, I'm going to give this game two thumbs up though. I really liked what it did. I, I do agree. Like what it gives is uh, very novel uh, and I just haven't really played any game that offers this type of experience. Um, not to mention the fact that I just found the story pacing to be very good. It did not feel drawn out, but it also didn't feel extremely rushed. Like it just kind of like all the story beats that hit just made sense for that space and time. Um, and so I have to give credit uh, to the writing for that. Um, not to mention like, for a game that like is a little bit eerie, I did th I did like the kind of spooks this game has. Like now they're not like spooks in the sense that it's like jump scarish, but like there are startling moments, but it's kind of fun ones. And again, being somebody who is playing the game, uh, there's a lot that you guys watching can't really feel, aka like controller vibrations or whatnot. And it's really great at some instances where they have the controller just kind of jolt you all of a sudden. Like um, when you see Sam's UI just kind of like have a slight strobing, flashing 
effect, like there'll be a jolt to the controller like that. So like not only are you're kind of feeling like you're getting an electric shock as Sam is like doing a task that short circuiting or whatnot. Uh, it, that that's a cool little cool little touch there that I think adds to the experience. Um, but then like otherwise like all the other spooks are just kind of self imposed. Like honestly, we got spooked at one point because we were going down a hallway, and then like Jim crosses the hallway, but they do it in such a music beat as well as a story beat that you're like, <gasps> oh god, <laughs> there's Jim. <laughs> like what are we gonna do? Um, so I mean. Cr- Props to them for that. And I, I'm very appreciative that they just kept it at the eeriness and didn't feel like they needed to turn up the notch to make it scary at all. They just kind of made the eeriness with the unknown uh, and left it at that and just kind of let the rest be, you know, curated from what your mind was interpreting. Um, but yeah, overall, two thumbs up. It was a really great experience, but highly recommend that you also play this game and not watch somebody play it. Mm. Um, yeah. well, I guess to that point, you know, we never actually did mention this, but, you know, one person on a forum one time that we read before this said, uh, play this with a controller and not a mouse and keyboard. And I think we didn't really exhaust the options of both, but we did lightly try uh, the mouse and keyboard one time, and it was so revolting for that one puzzle <laughs> that we ran yeah, back to that was a very short excursion into mouse keyboard land. Yeah. So we don't really know the answer on that, but all I can tell you is <laughs> yeah, if you like using controllers, or even if you don't, maybe maybe use a controller. Um, cool. Also, sorry you haven't played this game and we spoiled it for you, um, but... Uh, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, for real. But I mean, you downloaded the podcast so. exactly, um, and cool. And with that, you can delete this podcast because we're out of here. Thank you, though. <laughs> right? Oh, killer outro. Yeah, dude, I respect <gasps> it. Perfect. Excellent. Until next Sick. time. <laughs> or James, aren't you going to go like bye 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 bye? Bye 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 bye.